0: Welcome to the Divorce Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and I am a divorce lawyer, and author, and have been through divorce myself. I'm here to support you throughout your breakup journey. On this podcast, I will share with you my secrets and legal tips on how you can thrive through your separation in small six-minute increments. Don't do it alone. I have got you.
1: Hi everyone, Danielle Young here again from Collective Family Law Group. This afternoon I'm speaking with Victoria Cook. Victoria um, owns and operates SEQ Process Service and SEQ Document Service. And as the name suggests, um, she is a process server. Hi Victoria, thanks for joining me.
2: Hi Danielle, thank you very much for having me.
1: Well, let's get straight into it. First of all, for those listening, what is a process server? Well,
2: a process server is somebody that is licensed by the Queensland Government to serve documents that are issued out of courts and those courts, every court, family law coming out of the Federal Circuit Court, um, Magistrates Court, um, but we also don't just serve documents, we go to court and attend enforcement hearings as well.
1: So when we're talking in a family law context then, what, what sorts of documents, so why would we need you to serve documents in a, in a family law context?
2: Well, a number of reasons for that. One is that we take the motive out of it. Um, the other the main thing is that to have somebody that's got experience that knows what family law documents are about. Family law documents usually have a time frame that requires service um, and there's hearing dates to deal with. Um, so we need to have an urgency about them. Uh, what we are experienced So when you talk about your
1: experience in particular, um, Victoria, how long have you been a process server?
2: Um, I've been a process server in Queensland for 20 years, but Mm -hmm. overall I've been in this industry which involved debt collection and process serving um, since I was 17, uh, which makes it around about 40 years or more.
1: Wow, that's a long time. Uh, You must have seen a lot, I imagine. Um, so, um, for our listeners, then, um, if they're going to, how do they, how do they go through the process of sort of engaging you? So, say they've they've filed a divorce, for example, and they there's rules of um, service for divorce has to be served um, on the other spouse. So, how do they go about engaging a process server? What's that process? Like? Okay,
2: I noticed that the um, Family Law website is very fa- very friendly in relation to process server. So people ring us and ask us 20 questions about why do we need a process server. One, we take the emotive out of it. And two, that um, process servers are the ones that um, know the rules. They're the ones that know the timeframes. And it's essential that you get somebody that's got experience.
1: And because with divorce, um, the importance of a process server is because the divorce won't go through unless the other, unless the applicant can prove that the other person's been served, is that right? That's so. correct. So
2: we are experienced in affidavits, all the appropriate affidavits, um, to ensure that they're completed correctly because you don't want um, to file that divorce, get all fired up to get it served, <laughs> get it served and then find that when you go to court or to go to the hearing that it's incomplete for some reason. So it's essential that you get an agent that knows how to complete an affidavit. And it's just the wording too. The the affidavits are all tick boxes, but there is wording about a conversation that takes place at the time of service. And that is where the experienced
1: process server comes in. Of course, and I guess, how do you know who, who's at the other other side of the door? That's exactly
2: right.
1: So, what happens um, from your perspective? Um, what would happen if you went to the door to serve this divorce application, for example, um, and there's no one there, or, or, or what happens? Then? Is it, do you retry that? Is there other things that people can do? And what happens if we can't find someone?
2: Yeah, okay, well, when we go to the door um, and they're not there, the first thing is that we ensure that the place is occupied um, and notes are made at the time um, whether it's occupied or not um, we might uh, perhaps go to the neighbour is the place occupied what do you know about them what hours do they keep um, and for the fee that we charge we'll go three times yep so uh, it's always the questions we pose when somebody out gives us um, a document for services what sort of car do they drive, where do they work, all of the you know, the questions that you'd expect. But we tie that in when we knock on the door to, uh, and we aim to knock on the door during the hours which uh, fit that bill.
1: Right, so if we, we've got a client that that, that knows the respondent uh, works from 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. and he's usually home after that, he or she, um, then those instructions to you would be, look, your best case is probably to try him after that 3 p.m. mark.
2: That's exactly okay.
1: right. And what happens if um, we, w- with clients who one might not know uh, where the other person lives or when you get there and you've tried, you know, your three times or whatever it is and, and, and you can't serve them, what's options available there?
2: Okay, we always ascertain whether the because quite often the address is a family member another often parents Mm -hmm. so we ask the question can they give us an idea where to contact them or the mobile confirm the mobile that we may already have so that's the first thing the second thing is to talk to neighbors if they can't help then the next thing is we would come back and send you a report to that effect that Mm -hmm. they're not at the address and we would offer a process of what we call a locate or a skip trace
1: now, okay, and what's that?
2: That is where we do the appropriate searching. We might search uh, different databases. We would do electoral searches. We would do property titles. There's all those sort of things that we can do um, to just to see whether we can track them down.
1: And that might give you an alternative address of where that person in particular might be?
2: That's correct. Okay. But that is an additional fee. That is yep. what we call a skip or a locate fee. Yep, um, And that fee can vary um From 200, 250 to 350, depending on how long that takes, who we have to approach, and it might require other door knocks, Mm -hmm. so that fee would have adjusted. Very rarely in family law do we find that's the case. That you need that additional service. We, yeah. And I guess for um,
1: of interest for the listeners, um, how much um, is a, and I know there's no such thing as a usual or a standard, um, <laughs> but um, when people are looking um, to say, well, why would I do this myself? Or well, why would I get a process server and not do it myself? You know, when they're doing that, cost analysis of how much cost it's going to, not, you know, there's the emotional as well, um, but financially. What are they looking at roughly?
2: Okay, roughly uh, between 130 and 180. Mm -hmm. That can depend on whether we're meeting people at different places, if we have to wait around but generally, it's between 130
1: and 150 Yeah, so $130, I guess, in the biggest scheme of things of not having to try and do it yourself, um, not right. not, a, not a bad fee, yeah.
2: And, and there's no emotion. Uh, you know, you don't have to hang around and wait to find out whether there's been an outcome or not. You yeah. know, we will ring you at the time. We'll also tell you uh, if there's going to be an issue um, so that if there's going to be any fallout. So if we hear that the guy's really, you know, it's a male and he's not very happy... We'll make a point of making sure that you or your solicitor is informed of that.
1: Right, so then we can um, give notice that, that they've been served and they're not particularly impressed with it.
2: Yeah.
1: Can you... So I'm I'm interested um, to know whether... Where where have you most... Um, what's the most peculiar place that you've served someone?
2: Peculiar. I've been on boats uh, that have been moored portside um, and McDonald's. I've been to McDonald's various times to serve people it's just simply because that's the pickup drop-off and it's um it's the place to go i was
1: going to ask whether that was in the context of family law because i know as a family lawyer um poor mcdonald's gets um dragged into a lot of changeover that's right. that's <laughs> orders bad. for parenting yeah, yeah. that's great. So I guess for me, um, I'm familiar because I deal with process servers and I, um, I, I, have, I deal with you in particular in relation to getting my client's documents served. Um, but if you are having a direct client come to you and say, can you please deal with this and not me, what are some of the typical things, so typical instructions that you would, that, that they should be giving you um, to be able to properly affect the service on the other party?
2: The, um, the first thing is a photo. It's always useful to have a photograph. Not essential, but useful. Yep. Um, particularly where you're serving parenting, um, risk matters, uh, initiating applications that are a bit detailed. Often we met with parents at the door. We don't want to upset anybody, but we're there to, to um, serve documents, family law. Mum comes to the door and she says, who are you, what do you want? Um, he doesn't want to know you. Then we can explain that uh, you know we're gonna come back with a process of applications to subserve what we call subserve. so photographs, type car, um, so we can challenge the mother. Look, the car's in the driveway, we're told he's home when the car's in the driveway, that type of thing, so mm-hmm. type of car, what hours he keeps, um, and uh, yeah, all of the documents. Tick, your, tick the box with the documents you're sending us mm-hmm. because um, we have, and just on that subject, we've had many people who send me, uh, they ring up and say, I want your documents served, I've got them on the portal, I'll send them to you, yeah, that's fine. What they send me is the copy that they've put in but it's not sealed. Ah. That happens a lot. Okay. So just food for thought for all of those people out there that um, make sure that we get the copy that is has the, the family law number on it, the BRC number, as well as the seal on the bottom right.
1: Yeah, and when we're, we're talking about seal, we're talking about that little red stamp of the court. Yes. Um, that's a sealed document. Right. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about or run me through what are some of the consequences um, that you can think of um, or you know of if service isn't done correctly.
2: Um, worst case scenario is you get your divorce when you think you're about to get it. <laughs> well, no-one wants that. No one <laughs> Sometimes... Wants um, the other thing is, um, particularly where there's notice of risks or initiating applications that are due for hearing at certain dates, um, if they're not completed, you don't want to be you know, paying money out for your lawyer to be hanging around and finding out that it's not correct. So, um, you save yourself money by having it correct, um, timeframes are met, um, documents, affidavits are correct and particularly acknowledgements, there's another document that people forget to give us. Mm-hmm. Um, I just download it from the, for every job. I always make sure I try and get that acknowledgement signed, whether it's divorce, whether it's um, all of the other initiating stuff. So look for that. If When you're downloading stuff, make sure that you download that as well.
1: And the acknowledgement is simply something you get the respondent. So whoever you're yeah. serving, um, you ask them whether they'll sign that. Now, if they refuse to sign that, is service still affected?
2: Yes, it is. We swear an affidavit, which is sworn before a JP or a, a COMDEC, which says exactly what we've done and how we've worded the affidavit. We tick the boxes as far as where the where we served it um, and what was said at the time, and that is vital. What was said, he said, she, we said, I said, whatever. Um, you know, it, it's vital. The conversation has to be clear about what happened. I asked him, are you Joe Bloggs? He replied, or yes or not, <laughs> um, uh, because the, the affidavit of service also gives us the opportunity to say we attempted service and they refused to accept it. Right? And that's a, that's an interesting scenario from our point of view because we can actually drop it at their feet. Right. Provided we have identified them. And that's why that photograph is good because if they say, I ask you, are you Joe Blogs And he says, no, but I have a photograph... I just flash the photograph and go, wow, this looks like you. Um, here's your documents. No, I'm not taking them. Well, I'll leave them on the bottoms of the car or at their feet. And my affidavit will be worded very appropriately to ensure that the court, when they look at that, is that your person has
1: been served appropriately. Yeah, okay. And that's going to be important because, I mean, the idea of someone being served is that they need to be aware of the proceedings that's being made against them. That's, that's the great. whole purpose. So um, that's good to know. Um, and I guess that that takes us back to the other questions where I said, why would you get a process server? Why would I get you to do it? And why can't I just dump it at his doorstep or, you know, in the letterbox? Um, and that's because, you know, you've been doing it for so long and you, you really do know the rules, don't you, and what you can and can't that's do right. and um, to get those documents served
2: and it also requires a human reaction, a, a, a rapport. For a process server to effectively serve a document where somebody doesn't want it requires an engagement. And that's the experience. That's where SEQ process, you know, have that experience. Other one-off, you know, who never even had a bank account, let alone divorce, they're not going to know how to word that to it. To make sure the court is satisfied, is satisfied.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I'm dying to know. After I think you said about forty years as a process server and, and in this field, I'm dying to know. You've got to have some funny stories up your sleeve.
2: Yes. Well, dropping them at the feet is always a funny story because there's always something behind that. So, but the funny stories would be proposal of marriage. That's that was a really interesting one. To um, who? The guy I was serving divorce papers on initially decided he wasn't who he was, um, <laughs> and when I showed him his photo, he decided he was the person, and then when I told him it was his divorce document, <laughs> he was happy to take them and said, oh my God, now I can get married again. i mean, do you want to marry me? <laughs> okay. Your answer wasn't yes, wasn't no, Victoria? It was, uh, no. no. None of the laws are bigamy. Um and um, f- females, I, I say that um, a lot of women, when the ma- male serve, you know, wants to serve divorce papers, a lot of the women um, are, are very very welcoming to me. They're receptive. Very receptive. Um, I've had hugs. I've had, do you want to come and share a drink with me? <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a divorce party, do you want to come? <laughs>
1: How many yes. invitations? Have you attended any divorce no, parties? No. no.
2: Get too close, but yes.
1: <laughs> as a process server, Victoria, is there flexibility? Um, so I'm, I'm thinking of we have a lot of clients, for example, who are shift workers, um, or the other side, it's a shift worker. Mm-hmm. So, do you have flexibility um, as a pro- from a, your perspective as to when you can serve um, parties?
2: Yeah. There is re- there's guidelines of when we we can come and go, um, but. Serving court documents is fairly—you um, know—you can. They're flexible. We can serve any time, so it's always preferable if we get instructions as to when the person's likely to be home. Mm-hmm. That's handy, and if they're shift workers, when they're likely to be not home, um, that goes into the cars they drive and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also parenting—if we know that he's got the kids or she's got the kids—and it's you'd prefer not us to serve when the children are in attendance then
1: that's fine and that's going to be important for parenting cases where there's conflict isn't there yes, exactly you, you're, right. well and do you get any instructions to serve on those particular times do you do Maybe. you find that there are we some do. people who say just do it then yes we do mm, that's we unfortunate do. for the kids isn't there it is, it's probably not a nice thing all about the
2: kids yeah that's very sad yeah
1: um all right well thank you for coming in it's been a delight having you thank you so much um i think that this is a a good topic um i'm my personal view for anyone who cares um is that you should um, people like you process service should just be used um, all the time because it takes out emotion it's relatively inexpensive um, and it's done right and it's done right the first time allowing them to sort of get on with um with the rest of their proceedings whether that's divorce parenting or, or whatever it might be so thank you again victoria so everyone that was victoria from seq process service and document service um, there'll be a link to victoria on our socials if you are in need of a process server similarly if you're in need of a family lawyer give us a call
0: thank you for listening to the divorce collective podcast brought to you by collectivefamilylaw.com.au. If you got value from this week's episode, I would love it if you would hit subscribe and take a minute to leave a review. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook just by searching for Collective Family Law. And remember, until next time, you have got this.